0: Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We're so glad you could join us this morning for our subject on matter. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And we welcome you all very much. And we'll start today with the morning prayer. I'm reading from pages...
1: 178 of Miscellany, and 62 of Divinity Course in General Collectani. The Scripture declares that God is all, then all is spirit and spiritual. The true sense of life is lost to those who regard being as material. Scripture pronounces all that God made good, therefore if exists it exists without God but this is impossible in reality for he made all that was made and the inevitable revelation of Christian science that evil is unreal and this is the best of it on April 15 1891 the Christian science textbook lay on a table in a burning building a Christian scientist entered the house through a window and snatched this book from the flames. Instantly, the table sank a charred mass. <clears throat> the covers of the book were burned up, but not one word in the book was effaced. If the world were in ashes, the contents of science and help with key to the scriptures would remain immortal. <clears throat> Pray God, to take away my my testimony of the lying senses and increase my faith and spiritual sense.
0: Mary Baker Eddy. beautiful. Thank you so much, Florence. I love that story. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All right, Karen, our watching point. Okay, uh, watch number ninety six.
2: Watch lest in your denial of false testimony, you build it up instead of tearing it down. One can say that it is not as serious to have the devil in you as it is to have God out of you. Hence, a higher motive in striving to eliminate error would be to eliminate anything that could claim to shut out the sunshine of God's love. Before one affirms the allness of God, he should know that nothing can darken man's thought or cause him to believe that he is or ever can be shut off from the primitive good that is his birthright. The dragging anchor of a ship would have to be pulled up before the ship could progress. It is the testimony of matter and its supposed conditions that constitute the anchor, that so holds thought that it cannot progress into the realm where all problems are solvable. Therefore, the denial of the evidence before the material senses and the declaration that matter is nothing are needed in order to convince thought that matter is nothing. Because it is nothing to consider, nothing to fear, nothing to work with, nothing to try to correct. This enables thought to let go its anchor, to retreat from the body or effect in order to work in and with cause. If a moving picture was blurred because the lens was out of focus and you saw me striving to correct the error at the screen, you would declare, there is nothing wrong with the screen, so there's nothing to correct there. Your belief that such is the case is false. The error is in the setting of the lens in the projector and must be corrected there," You would deny the belief that there was anything wrong with the screen in order to make a retreat from the screen and go to the projector where the correction can readily be made. When a student cherishes the purpose to harmonize matter or effect through science, It shows that he believes that the process of denying material testimony and calling it nothing is the way to make it harmonious. Whereas the effect of such a mistake is often to make the discord seem more real and so
0: build it up. Thank you. (laughs) Comments on that.
2: Well, I've said it a number of times um, here, but that's where I was and it's taken me a long time um, because that's always how I was working in the past and um, trying to fix a situation, correct it with prayer. And it felt like an anchor. It felt heavy and ponderous because I was focusing on the wrong thing. But... um, uh, Herbert Eustace says, to be lost in the imminence of mind is the only place where reality is and we can let go of anything, and it just swallows up all the, all the mistaken testimony. We stay in the uh, where it says the sunshine of God's love. Where is there any matter or problem in there? It just isn't there. I love this watch. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Very helpful. Yes. Yeah, because it really gets to the crux of the matter, doesn't it? The essence of everything you, me, animals, trees, rocks is spirit. That is our essence. And what we what we see or seem to see materially, it is not the essence of what is real. And when we try to draw conclusions from the material picture, we're always going to be wrong. We have, you know, Mrs. Eddie over and over again. You know, we have to translate things back into their spiritual reality. God is a spirit and must worship him in spirit and in truth. And matter will never tell us what the truth is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's why sometimes people have said, you know, oh, I'm working in science and things seems to be getting worse. Well, it's because you're focusing on, on this material picture and trying to change the material picture so as this watching point brings out, you're building up the matter rather than knowing it's not. The definition of animal magnetism is a belief in a power apart from God. That's really what matter is. And Jasmine in her forum comments, many of them mentioned that it's hypnosis, it's hypnotism that gets you to believe it is real. Um, Mrs. Eddy, I I go back to her questions and answers where she's, is it possible to know why we were put into this condition of mortality? This is in miscellaneous writings. And Mrs. Eddy says, it is quite as possible to know wherefore man is thus conditioned as to be certain that he is in a state of mortality. I mean, that answers You start off believing you're in a state of mortality and try to get rid of it. Well, she's saying you're not. The only evidence of the existence of mortal man or material sense of a material state and universe is gathered from the five personal senses. This delusive evidence science has dethroned by repeated proofs of its falsity. And this is where the trust and the faith comes in. You have to know that this has been proven, that it, it isn't powerful. It's not anything real um, that's going to boss you around. So go ahead, Florence. No,
1: I think it's also uh, important where we begin, um, because, for example, if we as saying that mrs Eddy just, just gave her opinion in what she's given to the world then we receive what the, this spiritual truth a certain way not as the truth got from god god's you know spiritual truth which we must accept it's not a question of uh you know we question it or anything like that we must accept it and obey it and so for example the scientific statement of being was that just her opinion did she just make that up she didn't so we accept the spiritual truth and if that's the big our premise for coming here or doing the science or practicing it then we
0: accept it you know with our whole heart that way Yes, thank you very much. And this is why we've often talked about this acknowledging her as the woman in the apocalypse. She wasn't just some mortal woman writing some nice books. And and when asked by what that church in Chicago, why aren't we having healing? And what was her answer? Need to love me more. You need, need to love me more. A right understanding of her is so important. If you just see her as some woman with writing down some opinions, then it will—you've
3: missed it all.
0: You've missed it, and it, it will interfere with healing. Um, that's why when Benjamin read the book for the first time, I know my mother felt that way too. You can't. No person could have written this book. <laughs> And we all must feel that way. That that can be the danger of this, you know, first, fourth, fifth generation scientists, where you just get handed down, and it doesn't have that "whoa, eureka, hallelujah, wow, this is amazing" kind of a feeling. We all have to have that. We all have to really have it. It, it it's not just handed down like a comforter. <laughs> it, is a, it is a comforter. <laughs> I'm talking. about uh quilt (laughs) go ahead jeremy
4: some of that appreciation comes from getting knocked around and then you see see it it for what it is right it's true but Mm -hmm. that idea um it's not our opinion it just got me thinking that to believe that is to believe that both truth and error are suggestions so
0: yeah oh yeah it'll bring confusion worse confounded when you go down that path lawrence no, I was. I'm supporting what you're saying, and
1: also, Jasmine often writes about spirit, 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 everything, spirit. Yeah, yep. true. We've got to get to the, you know, this is spiritual science, spiritual truth. So, um, without that premise, I think it's difficult to realize how true it is, how true the spiritual sense of things are, and not the material.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, and we need to be careful uh, about this because I've seen so-called Christian scientists have an attitude that, well, matter doesn't exist and they don't take care of what they own. They don't take take care of themselves. Mm. They have this blasé attitude about their house, their car, their body, their clothes and uh, they don't you know they don't take, take care uh and it's sloppy and um it, it doesn't mean that you know you destroy matter
4: right.
3: you rise above the belief that there is any power to it or intelligence in it. But you don't stop taking care of what you have that I, appears to be material. Thank God for it. See its spiritual purpose. Yeah. Your body has a spiritual purpose.
0: And and also in questions and answers, Mrs. Eddie has asked the question: if mortal mind and body are myths. What is the connection between them and real identity? And she answers, evil in the beginning claim the power, wisdom, and utility of good. And every creation or idea of spirit has its counterfeit in some matter of belief. But, she says, every material belief hints the existence of spiritual reality. And if mortals are instructed in spiritual things, it will be seen that material belief, in all its manifest manifestations, reversed, will be found the type and representative of verities priceless, eternal, and just at hand. I love that, um, and that that is the, the truth. And she said she loved the blade of grass under her feet. She you said she said you should have great tenderness. For everything that you see and in seeming to be matter, but we see through a glass darkly. So we see through that glass darkly to the spiritual reality of it and have the greatest love and tenderness toward it. Flowers, the stars, animals, people, of course, everyone, everywhere, this great sense of love for it all. Mm-hmm. Gary's comment wasn't there
2: something on the website recently from Precepts about Mrs. Eddie telling somebody at the church um, it was a damp or, or humidity anyway she said to watch the pipes or something like that to make sure they don't rust and um, she was talking and, and she was talking about how it was important to take care of. Of the the things that we need to take care of, I can't remember now. It must have been on the website because I don't know that I would have gone to this otherwise. Does that ring a bell to you about this? about how Mrs. Eddie was want to take take care of the things that we needed to take care of in a wise way and not just let things go. But anyway, that's
0: what Gary said reminded me of that. It, it's it's all over spiritual footsteps and precepts, which is why, especially yeah. foot, why everyone should read that because it corrects this false sense. Look how she cared for her home. You know, we're told every, she knew where every pin was in her pin cushion. Martha Wilcox talks about how they had to every morning clean and vacuum and keep it in perfect condition because it is it is representative of the things of God. Um, so, Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was confused about that, too. That's why these books by her disciples, as Jasmine put it, or, and Carrie, uh, or who else? Oh, and Misha'ila. Yes, Ila. They're all so important to read these and understand how she cared for her home.
4: Always practical.
0: Yes. But she said you need to see them spiritually or they will control you and the belief mm-hmm. that they are material. That's a paraphrase, but that is true. Mm-hmm. That is why, you know, I know Lillian, once she had a car, it lasted years and years and years and years, because she loved it so much and she cared for it so much. Um, what, uh- it was the view that you changed, right? The view how we see things yeah. is what we're thinking. What, what we talked about last week, our viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our viewpoint. So, yeah. Spiritual footsteps really is required reading for everyone. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just full of how she demonstrated the science, how she did it. We know about her food, too, remember? That had to be perfectly done and with love, or it would get returned. And that wasn't harshness or anything, it was principle and love. Uh, she
3: She was training
0: people. She was training people on how to demonstrate and think divinely. And she could feel their thought. And she would rebuke the human mind when it came about. And she did it often. And yet, in most of the books, you know, you, you don't get that sense about her. She says, Mrs. Evans used to say, this little white-haired lady, you know, with her hands folded in love, love, love. And yes, it was the epitome of real love, but real love has strength and power and the ability to to rebuke the human mind. It must be to establish the claims of science, as she says.
4: And she was doing all she could to train people to carry on.
0: She was doing yes, and that's the privilege of being in her household. And that's what I I love to think about that. That's why I love that book so much. It tells you what a day was like in her home and all the watching that they did. And as much as you can emulate that, you should. I should. I really work to do that. The morning watch, handling fear, establishing the omnipotence of God. Afternoon watch, evening watch, in the middle of the night watch. And then keeping your home, your car, your... She talks about her yard, especially Pleasant View. You know, she kept it beautifully. And and, and at that time, full of beautiful flowers. And she took care of the animals, the cows. I guess she had a cow.
3: Yeah, she had a little farm going.
0: Yeah, and loved it, as she did as a child. She did say later, though, I remember, and when she was in the Beacon... Uh, what was the name of the place? Chestnut Hill. Excuse me. Yes, Chestnut Hill. How something about she didn't want so many flowers. She said the way of heaven is not paved with flowers, or something. Something that's another paraphrase, but and that is true. It is not. But uh, she did love the beauty of it all. Now I'm going to switch up a little bit today because. I felt we didn't get to talk as much as i wanted to on a subject we had a few weeks ago we will come back to to matter however hopefully we can do that because there's a lot of good things i would i was sent and you wrote on the forum but i there were a couple of things on the bulletin board and an email i also got um about the idea of sex and christian science and it made me a little bit sad um, and I remember wrestling with this myself. So I'll first read this letter. I'm not going to say who it's from. I didn't, I think, I think I have her permission to read it, but she didn't really tell me and I asked her, but I haven't heard from her yet. So she will remain anonymous. She says, I want to express much gratitude for the round table on September 4th about temptation and especially to Suzanne for her honest and brave contribution to this discussion. I've also had people thank me for what Lenny had said, too, which was very frank and helpful. I can very much sympathize with her experiences of lack of advice and guidance growing up. I grew up as an only child of very strict parents, neither of whom was approachable to talk to about relationships. Nor did my all-girls school go near the subject in their lessons. And there was no one I could talk to at the very small Christian Science Sunday School I attended either. I found Mrs. Eddy's writings rather puzzling on the subject, too, particularly something I read. I can't recall where, which she said something like, Mrs. Eddy was told about a new baby born to a member of the church. And she replied that if people were true Christian scientists, no more babies would be born. So I was left wondering, was sex even permissible within a marriage, and if not, was having my own home and family even a possibility? But then Mrs. Eddy herself married three times and had a son, and members of the church I attended were mostly married or had been married. I found it confusing, and it definitely contributed to my not having any male friends for years and only eventually getting married to a wonderful man very much later in life. So sadly, we have no children or grandchildren, no nieces or nephews, and I've never spent any time with any child. But I have many other blessings to be hugely grateful for, and I'm very grateful to Plainfield for addressing that subject. I'm very grateful for all that Plainfield generously provides. I very much like the new section on your website, the first item about Mrs. Eddy, such a great addition. Thank you, Jeremy, and everyone who worked on this with gratitude and much love to you and all at Plainfield. And then these, these few were on the bulletin board. I heard a few things about sex on the round table and just wanted to make a few comments. In my experience, the craving for physical feelings can be connected to loneliness and sadness, having grown up without a mother and without love. When I was 25 years of age, I had a very strong need to love and be loved, and when I read about chastity in the chapter on marriage and signs and health, I very much disagreed. Actually, since I was on a ship sailing to South Af- South America, I threw the book overboard. <laughs> now, about 52 years and, and four children later, I can appreciate better what Mrs. Eddy intended. I just heard it also on TV from a few retired Catholic missionaries that they would have liked to have married and had a family. Chastity was not really their choice after a few decades. Another thing I would like to mention is that although when I went through this class instruction, I did not get to know God. I feel that this was the difference with pupils who went through class with Mary Baker Eddy. They came to really know God Christian science can be an awful lot of writing and reading, but the purpose of it all is oneness with God. And then, I find amusing the world obsession with sex, physical beauty, etc. As I've gotten older, I've come to enjoy my solitude and oneness with God. What better companion, partner than God? It is sad the youth today are being bombarded by the media about choices they can make whether they call themselves male or female, undergoing medical procedures or hormonal therapy to change what God made. It is true, some individuals are born with different inclinations in their nature. They should not be condemned, but a young boy or girl, pray tell, how can they know what they want to be? Infusing the body with testosterone or estrogen hormones, to make it either more feminine or masculine is playing Russian roulette with life. God must be shaking his head in heaven, wondering if perhaps it was a bad idea to eliminate the dinosaurs <laughs> 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 and rather keep the human race on earth. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <I don't mind. laughs> and then and this last one, this is a beautiful poem, September 1900 journal It's about being alone with God, no matter what is clamoring for our attention on the outside. I thank the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent for bringing my thought to the place of understanding that I am not alone with myself, but I am alone with God. This is a poem by Sarah Bradley. Alone with thee when the bright day is breaking. Alone with thee as evening shadows fall. Still, still with thee in the dark hour of midnight, how can I fear since thou art all in all? And I to thee in the glad hour of triumph, and I to thee all praise and glory give, still, still to thee whene'er a loudest calleth, to thee I look in whom I move and live. Alone with thee tis perfect happiness Alone with thee, I have no thoughts but thine. Still, still with thee. Tis peace and joy unbounded. I'm ne'er alone. Life, truth, and love are mine. All right. Comments on any of these letters, emails?
4: Well a lot i found in christian science a uh, a better understanding of of ourselves and a completeness a satisfaction in who we are is important before we try to be with someone else and find if you try to find our satisfaction through some relationships it's not as complete, it's not as good so sometimes be make mistake because they're looking for others for their completeness and uh, their satisfaction. And we have to be careful of that, it's a trap. So I think that that might be part of why this confusion, people are yearning for completeness, but they're going in the wrong direction. That's a good thought.
0: Very good, very, very wise. Good. I can echo
2: that. Um, I think one of the most profound demonstrations in my life was meeting my husband. Um, and it was very, I I won't tell the story here, but it was very much God reaching out and pushing me toward him, pushing us together. But I will say it didn't happen until I had this mental shift where I realized that I was okay. If I was, if I needed to be alone, it was better to be alone than be with the wrong person. And I, 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 I just remember right shortly before I met him, I'd gotten to the sense of peace of, I'm okay. I'm okay, you know, as myself, I'm okay with just, you know, whatever God wants. And it was after that, after I turned that mental corner that this relationship opened up.
0: Thank you. So
1: it's it's God, God, our all, and then, you know, be satisfied with that. Then other things come to us. I find that she is not saying not to have sex in marriage. She's saying, emerge gently. None of us, you know, just took a a hop and then we are, everything is okay. We, We are entirely spiritual and so on. We are learning as we go along. And I think it's uh, the the sense of guilt or anything like that even in marriage is uh, it's it's bothering a lot of people and then it's a lot makes a lot of people say mm, I don't want to do anything with this which is entirely different from what she has said
0: thank you i know I know that you know the idea of so being so confused and throwing the book overboard and um it is It is a misunderstanding. Mrs. Eddy says a lot of things, and God meets us wherever we are, wherever we are. I mean, you can be the worst sinner and sentence to life in a prison, and God is there with you to pull you out. Wherever you are, God meets you and meets the need. And she never cruelly says to do away with anything, sleep, sex,
3: food.
0: Food, yeah, those things we seem to need now, a warm home, various things we need. Um, I mean, again, she says a lot of things, but it's for different stages of growth. I remember there was a Helen Wright book that had a lot of quotes about her sort of living a a sexless type life, and I thought, ooh, I stopped reading it. And um, when Mrs. Evans was always so clear about this, We had a lot of young people and young families and pregnant women (laughs) and all kinds of things in our church. She took baby cases. She made all of this natural and right, the highest sense of right you could have. And she spent time helping other people who had been mistaught about this. Uh, And and in some ways it is uh, like the Catholics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you get mistaught. Or you think it's something dirty, uh, or something vile, or something that's wrong too? It's only dirty and vile if if you do it, you know, in a dirty and vile way, like rape and you know, loveless, uh, loveless, no love to it. Then yeah, it is, mm-hmm. as 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 many other acts are. So with with all you do, it should be with emotive, love. The motive matters. The motive matters. Yeah. Who else was about to speak?
4: well okay Um, look up the verse but i i was thinking about um (laughs) you know the the bible is the is called the chart of life and there are there are plenty of people getting together and having babies in that chart of life (laughs) but then jesus also talks about you know if it makes sense to you to live the life of a eunuch then Yes. And do that.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes.
4: clears throat> and I told my kids when they were younger, you know, not much younger, actually, but th- there's all this talk about the, um, you know, what your sexual identity is and all that stuff. And I said, no matter what you decide, you still have to put all of that away and go out into the world and be useful. You
5: know?
4: <laughs> None of that, <laughs> unless you're doing something immoral you know (laughs) so i mean immoral as far as like being a sex worker you know (laughs) otherwise it doesn't matter day to day it doesn't matter here at the table really so you know it's just live your life don't worry about that stuff yeah come naturally
0: there's too much self-centeredness today with all this thought on self i mean i I don't know when i was growing up i didn't have time to think it i was a girl i didn't have Question: My what? And what I was? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of heavy stuff for kids. Yeah. So, anyway, that's two mm-hmm. on that. Um, anybody else?
5: Uh, having grown up in the organization, I felt like the biggest problem they had was pretending like it didn't exist and not talk about it. And all these kids would have all these questions, and it would be just ignored. And then that just opened the door to some.
3: Yeah, to experimentation and perversion and and, and fear and and anger and guilt and all kinds of feelings that God never made.
5: They didn't give them practical. And actually, I went and had a teacher who was a well-known Christian science teacher. And I was struggling with this. And I asked him questions and he did not give me any moral direction at all. And it was, uh, I think that's unconscionable
1: i don't I never heard anyone talk about sex never So you know.
5: yeah. I didn't really get taught the Bible the way I should have until later when I was in high school. I had a teacher who loved the Bible and uh, was actually a very independent thinker, but generally speaking um it was very immoral, even from all the way to the top because they i mean he should have just could he's it is clearly said, "Thou shall not commit adultery." You know, you you don't have relations before you're married. That type of thing. It was just there was just no uh, protection, you know, and guidance, and and uh, practical answers, and an understanding about uh, relationships that I find here at Plainfield.
0: Well, and and that is what Suzanne had said, too, and and you were California as well. I I don't know. I can't say that I was taught it in Sunday school, but my mother surely taught it to me about, you know, committing adultery, all those basic things. They were once basic. They're no longer basic, but that's why the chapter on marriage is so important. And the last page, I mean, she does say that God's children already created will be cognized only as man finds the truth of being, thus it is that the real ideal man appears in proportion as the false and material disappears, no longer to marry or to be given in marriage, neither closes man's continuity nor his sense of increasing number in God's infinite plan. And spiritually to understand that there is but one creator, God, unfolds all creation, confirms the scripture brings a sweet assurance of no parting, no pain, and of man deathless and perfect and eternal. That's a beautiful description of what it should be. But most of us are not there yet, but it's something. Uh,
5: but you teach that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You and do. How you live and interact. Yes. And uh, chastity is more than just physical. It's mental. It's how you think. I mean, there's so many clear Uh, protections in the Bible to make it a very healthy you know and more spiritual progressive uh, life here on earth
0: yes thank you isn't it also in the
6: Bible um, and I'm sorry I I forgot exactly where it is that God says I will write uh, my laws in in their inward meaning I, I guess what I interpret from that is that we do have a knowledge of what is right and wrong, whether we want to um, admit it or just ignore it and go the wrong way. But there is a moment in which when you're going to do something that is not right or is not according to God's law, that you hesitate. Well, that's that's God telling you something. And I think what has to be developed is, is our sense of listening to that Voice that inward because God gave us that. I mean, it is in the Bible. Like right? a story, I forget where it is, but he 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 said it. He was going to be written inside of us. So there's always that point in which we have that freedom to make a decision, whether for good or for bad, um, and we just have to be quiet and listen to it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm expressing myself wrong, but.
0: Um,
3: no, I think. no not at all it's called oh, that's, sense. Yeah, that's yeah. right it is your conscience
0: yeah i think it's amazing people have it all over the world when they know something is wrong or not even if they haven't read the bible people mm. say to know um and it is your conscience it's that I, it is the holy ghost it's it's christ emmanuel god with us telling us sometimes we listen sometimes we don't when we don't the voice gets fainter and fainter, and our lives get more and more screwed up. I
2: think it was you, Mary, that said quite a while ago, I can't remember when, but you said it to make the, the and, and Gary mentioned it, too. It all comes down to motive. But you said, if it's going to bring me, is, it, is what I'm about to do going to bring me closer to God? That's and right. I've thought about that a lot of times. But, I, but that's helped me sometimes. Is it going to bring me? And it doesn't mean that sex is going to... But it, if you're doing it from a, a, a point of from love, the love for God and man, then that's totally different than just the love of the act and you're just doing it with everybody and that's entirely different. So if it's going to bring you closer to God, then that's telling you you're it's the right thing to do.
0: That's it. That's true. And that's what everybody... Um, it is as Craig started out with searching for. And yes, I, th- I think the sexual act within marriage when it's done with great love and tenderness, it can be something very almost divine. I mean, I will say that, I think that's true. But, and that's what people are looking for, but you're not gonna find it here, there and everywhere and doing it just haphazardly. It, it should be something as we treat everything with great love, respect and reverence. That's the idea of marriage um it often will fall short absolutely it does and the act itself has nothing much to say about it my son my son will say the only thing he remembers <laughs> about his sunday school class is that when they asked about sex in Sunday school classes, teacher said it's very much overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can remember. And anyway. uh, no longer.
2: But
1: this sense of uh, com- <laughs> this sense of completeness also comes with other things when people indulge in in you know, so much food, you know, to feel satisfied. So it's all, uh, it's an individual thing, I think.
3: Yeah, I yeah, say the same thing about drugs and alcohol. You know, medicate yeah. dedicate mm-hmm. to try to overcome their sorrows. And, and that's, you know, that's not the right way to do it. Yeah.
0: And when Mrs. Eddy, again, questions and answers, what do you think of marriage? That it is often convenient, sometimes pleasant, and occasionally a love affair. Marriage is susceptible of many definitions. It sometimes presents the most wretched condition of human existence, that kind you need to get out of. I'm adding that. (laughs) To be moral, it must be a union of the affections that tends to lift mortals higher. And that goes back to, does this, will this union bring me closer to God? It's all, it's, Mrs. Evans used to say, you know, because it's hard. I mean, you can't just always find a Christian scientist to marry, especially today. It's probably not a good thing to do, <laughs> quote, Christian yeah. scientist. Yeah, <laughs> so she said, you know, she, she, when she met Steve, her husband, she saw soul in his eyes. And he became a Christian scientist.
3: That's and, and he stopped smoking and he stopped drinking. drinking and-,
0: and he became a practitioner. Um, and a good one. Yeah. And, you know, she always spoke very highly of marriage and, and all of that. But it wasn't like it was a bed of roses, though. No one marriages a bed of roses that I've ever met. There's a lot to be met and handled. And if you do have science in it, in the marriage, mm-hmm. Mrs. Eddie says, if there's just even one, you can work things out, perhaps, unless it's the wretched condition that she also spoke about. And that you need to get out of um, some people, pardon me? And she no, did, no, no. Mrs. Eddy was divorced. Mrs. Eddy had two kinds of marriages. My understanding, it, her first was the love affair. Um, Asa yeah. Eddy was a wonderful uh, union as well in her growth. Her third one. Her third one, because he helped her. He, he helped her so much in all that she had to meet it was a help meet. and when it's that it can be it can be very wonderful when it's not that as whoever started it out maybe it was craig you're better off alone you are better off alone lenny. than married
4: mm-hmm. huh? Lenny had mentioned that oh lenny mm-hmm.
0: yeah lenny that's a good point you're better off alone there's nothing wrong being alone with god that's great you're always alone with god whether you're married or not You've got it
4: yeah. The most alone I've ever felt is in a room with other people that <laughs> <laughs> I just was not. Mm-hmm. So- mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. Well, that's mm-hmm. true. No, that's right. That's right.
3: And I mean, and the only advice I ever gave my daughter about marriage was: y- you're better off with no husband than you are with a bad husband. So I I never encouraged her to get married for that reason.
0: It's not the end-all be-all, that's for sure. Oh. And, he said and, there would be a talk Sorry. Go but, ahead, man. Sex, ultimately, is just an act, and, you know, when I, you first hear about it when you're young, you say, you're kidding. <laughs> 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 Whoa, <laughs> what the heck is that about? Yeah. <laughs> My
5: parents did that.
0: <laughs> 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 yes. <Okay. Yeah. laughs> Go ahead, Florence.
1: Well, she did say there will come a time where there will be no marriage. So, um, again, it, it just shows you that it's a stages that we're going through. And
3: yeah, right now it's a pretty good way to to maintain the population
0: and stability. Just to yeah, stay. and the stability It's the cement of civilization. Um, so, again, as she said, there's a lot that can be said about it, and. And the round table are just people expressing feelings. Believe me, this isn't, you know, the <laughs> written in stone, if any of this you disagree with. You have a right to disagree. I mean, that's what independence is about.
4: Time but, for thinkers has come. <laughs> yes,
0: hopefully it's helpful um, Because, as I said, it makes me sad when I hear people leaving science because of this misconception. It does not have to be um, Carrie sent me this, I thought beautiful, an article called Grace by an Anna McAllister. Divine grace is attractiveness, charm. We are taught in Science and Health, page 102. There is but one real attraction, that of spirit. Most Christian scientists have learned this lesson, at least in part. They know that to be drawn away from spiritual living by the lure of any materiality that claims to attract will bring suffering sufficient to make them willing to give up the counterfeit pleasures and return to the quest of spiritual joy. This does not mean that we shall be called upon to give up anything that is really desirable for, quote, no good thing will, will he withhold from them that walk uprightly, end quote. As we understandingly exclude selfishness and sensual thoughts which breed fear, jealousy, envy, malice, and lust. We learn to extend loving thoughts to all mankind. This is the charm, the grace, which will bless all men by its expression. And So I thought that was very beautiful and that's the true attraction. Um, And that's what we seek after and it is not ever in matter, is it? No, Mm -hmm. no, we look for it there, but unless the presence of God is there, the spirit of God, it is nothing, nothing at all. So, once again, I spent more time on that than I thought I would, and there was a lot uh, here. Um, Well, Karen, you can talk a little bit about serving God and mammon in your forum.
5: Okay.
2: Well, I found this commentary of Matthew Henry um, on the the quote from Mrs. Zetti, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And Matthew Henry's commentary says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a Syriac word that signifies gain, so that whatever in this world is, or is accounted by us to be gain, is mammon. Whatever is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is mammon. To some, their belly is their mammon, and they serve that. To others, their ease, their sleep, their sports, and pastimes are their mammon. To others, worldly riches. To others, honor and preferments. The praise and applause of men was the Pharisee's mammon, In a word, self, the unity in which the world's trinity centers sensual, secular self is the mammon which cannot be served in conjunction with God. For if it be served, it is in competition with him and in contradiction to him. He does not say we must not or we should not, but we cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot love both or hold to both or hold by both in observance, obedience, attendance, trust, and dependence, for they are contrary the one to the other. God says, My son, give me thy heart. Mammon says, No, give it to me. God says, Be content with such things as ye have. Mammon says, Grasp at all that ever thou canst. Money, money by fair means, or by foul, money. God says, Be fraud not. Never lie. Be honest and just in all thy dealings. Mammon says, Cheat thine own father, if thou canst gain by it. God says, Be charitable. Mammon says, Hold thy own. This giving undoes us all. God says, Be careful for nothing. Mammon says, be careful for everything. God says, keep holy thy Sabbath day. Mammon says, make us make use of that day as well as any other for the world. Thus, inconsistent are the commands of God and Mammon, so that we cannot serve both. Let us not then halt between God and Mammon, but choose ye this day whom ye
0: will serve and abide by our choice. Thank you. that makes it very clear, doesn't it?? Yes. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And then there's just one other. This was something very beautiful that Carrie sent about the sign of uh, the sign of the prophet prophet Jonas. and who was Jonas? Jonah? Jonah, thank you. Yes. And I always wondered what that meant. Well, this is a very good explanation of it.
3: Yeah, this is article by. Uh, Annie Dodg- when the scribes and pharisees came to jesus asking that a sign be given to them in proof of his god bestowed power he answered them in these words quote an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet jonas end quote the mortal or carnal mind with its manifold forms of belief is ever demanding of the workers in christian science that an outward material sign be given as proof of the power of spiritual law to heal to the dishonest and impure thought to the thought manifesting dis-ease in mind body or environment and also to the honest thought which is hungering and thirsting after righteousness or right thinking concerning God and man, there is only one answer to be given. And this is implied in the words of the Master, there shall no sign be given but the sign of the prophet Jonas, the sign of obedience to the spiritual demands of truth and willingness to meet its requirements. The proof of healing is in the mental sign, which is manifested in changed thought the desire for a higher understanding of god and a growing recognition of man as spiritual and perfect and if the christian scientist is obedient to his high calling of god and is convinced of the infinite power of divine truth and recognizes at all times the completeness and wholeness of god's idea the sign of true healing will appear in the consciousness of the patient and with it will be manifested an improved belief of body.
0: You know, with the story of Jonah, he was on the wrong path, wasn't he? Doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. He had to make a big turnaround, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Turn around yeah. and obey God. The sign of Jonas, the sign of Jonah. What must we do? Everyone's demanding, I want to see the signs. I want Hello. to see mm-hmm. what we must do is change our base from matter to spirit and be obedient to the demands of God, and then we experience the healing. I just thought it was beautiful. We'll post the whole article. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you all. Thank you for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you, you, everyone. This is great.
6: Thank you. Thank you.